today on the Tearsheet Podcast. I think about COVID-19 is a real acceleration of some customer behavior changes we were already starting to see. And I think the most obvious of those is around digitization and using digital channels for those everyday banking needs that we have. Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Zach Miller. Consumer behavior was already changing before COVID hit. When you ask financial services executives, many will tell you that COVID is acting to accelerate those trends. Beth Johnson, Chief Experience Officer at Citizens Bank, is studying those trends. Citizens recently published its inaugural banking experience survey, which polled over 10,000 customers and 250 business leaders across the U.S. on their views around digital banking. Beth joins me on the podcast to talk about the importance of marrying human interaction with technology and how changes made in response to COVID will likely have lasting impact on banking and financial services after the pandemic is over. Beth Johnson is my guest today on the Tearsheet Podcast. What could you do with better real-time consumer data? All data aggregation from Fiserv enables access to consumer permission data from over 18,000 sources. Lenders, advisors, fintech firms, and financial institutions can turn this data into actionable insight for their customers. Go to fiserv.com slash all data to learn more. Hi, I'm uh, Beth Johnson. I am the Chief Experience Officer at Citizens Bank. And what that really means is I am in uh, charge for the company to think about how do we use customer experience to pull together our digital, our marketing, our customer analytics to offer seamless experiences for our customers on our consumer side as well as our commercial side of the bank to be ready to meet their needs going forward. And is that, I know that's a new role for you, Beth. Um, We spoke when you were chief marketing officer. Um, Is that a new role in the bank? It is. It's a new role for the organization. And I think it's a recognition that consumer needs and behaviors are changing. And how do we make sure we're building the capabilities across the organization to better meet those needs and really accelerate our path to being a top performing bank over the next 5, 10, 15 years? Amazing. And it definitely seems like the CXO role um, has to cut across, I guess, whether they're silos or at least functional groups to be able to bring all that together like you described. Is that true? Yes. It's really about pulling together across different product groups, across different customer groups, that set of capabilities so we can um, better meet the needs of our customers across channels, across product, across whatever it is they may need, and and service them throughout ups and downs in the cycles like we're seeing right now with COVID-19. Yeah. And and speaking of COVID-19, obviously nobody had that in their their 2020 plans. it's changing everything in all of our conversations with all of our guests on the show. You know, it seems like there's no way we can't not talk about it. So what, what is changing that you're seeing with your customers? I think about COVID-19 is a real acceleration of some customer behavior changes we were already starting to see. And I think the most obvious of those is around digitization and using digital channels for those everyday banking needs that we have. So on the consumer side, it's about the day-to-day transactions, taking that picture of my check doing what I need to do for my financial life in the digital channels, because frankly, that's what was available to me during the start of COVID. And even even today, it's easier to do some of those interactions remotely. But we also see that on our commercial side. So we see a business that had very much been a people-led business, but having to have interactions with the bank either digitally or virtually with RM. So a big shift on that side as well and an acceleration of some of that behavior. And I think that we've responded well. We were 
positioned for some of those changes going in. Um, but as our survey says, I think some of those we'll see will be permanent. So our customers are saying that 66% um, of consumers and actually 73% of commercial clients think they've changed the way they bank and they expect those changes to persist long after COVID-19 is, is through. I, and I like that thought that this is an accelerant of, of some of the trends that were already in, in play. Um, so before we un unpack, I guess, the survey results or as part of that unpacking, um, what do you think that consumers want from their banks in today's environment? I think consumers want things to be easy. I think they want it to be highly relevant to them when they have conversations with us. And I think that they want to make sure that we're helping them achieve their goals and objectives and the way their financial future and life fits in with those goals and objectives. And I think, as I said, I think that basic tenant works, whether you're a consumer or a business. And, and underpinning all of that is also something around trust. So how do I make sure that it's a bank that's helping me? And this is something we touched on, but throughout the cycles, and I can trust you to be there in good times and bad for that ease and that advice that, that banks are so crucial for, for our customers. And do you think that technology is impacting the way or those expectations that customers have? Or is technology the way that those expectations are delivered to the end customer? And I know I sell up sort of a false dichotomy there, but I guess how is technology impacting their expectations? I think technology is dramatically in, you know, impacting our expectations on a couple of different dimensions. And we're all, at the end of the day, consumers, whether we're sitting in our business role or whether we're sitting in our consumer role. And, of course, our lives are changing. The way we use technology has changed. Our attention span has changed because of that technology. I'm used to having things in the palm of my hand and getting information immediately. And I think banks have to be very responsive to that just like everybody else. And so I think about it in really three dimensions when I think about what our customers need. The first I'll say are those base day-to-day um, -day transactions. I wanna look at my balance. I wanna be able to do simple things. That to me is all about using technology for speed. So how do I just make it easy and quick to do the things for our customers that they expect to be easy and quick? And that's things like remote deposit capture, so taking a picture of my check to deposit my check. Um, there's nothing insightful about that. I then move on to the next layer, which I tend to refer to as insight. And I think that is a channel that is easily served through the digital channels and through technology as well, which is can I offer my customers some just smart insights that make their life better? That may be about... Um, cash flow and do I have enough left? Do I get an alert through my mobile phone when I see that I'm running low in my checking account based on what I normally spend in a month? Or I, you know, charge something twice to the same to the same merchant, did that make sense for me? So there's a layer of insight that I think banks can add, and they can add it in those remote and digital channels through technology that customers find very, very valuable. And then on top of that becomes the even deeper insight that we see our customers want, whether that's about cash flow insights for their business customer or about how I think about retirement or buying my first home as a consumer. And that's when we tend to see it really be more and more about a seamless interaction 
know, cross-channel. So I may want to start with some questions in one channel, but I often do want to talk to someone about those um, opportunities at some point in my purchase journey. And, and so that's where I think that the individuals will continue to play an important role. We may see more of that move virtually. I think it'll be interesting to test and learn there, but, but that individuals and people will play an important role in our customer offering for a long time to come. And now a word from our sponsor. At Tearsheet's day-to-day conference, Fiserv's Paul Diegelman drilled down into the future of personal financial management. Paul, you're talking about PFM 2.0. It's actually two separate and distinct applications. Liquidity is a huge problem right now. Just people just don't have time to do things twice. Basically, most parts of the country shut down for COVID. Our PFM user growth was over 20% in the first two weeks alone. Underrated 100%. How could we use AI to impact PFM? I'm up for anything that helps people. And to help people, you need an economic model. To access the full video from Paul's talk, Go to tearsheet.co slash speed of life. So, so that's really interesting. And you actually sort of um, beat me to the punch for my next two questions. Um, you, you, you both talked about um, I, what I would call like the advice layer, that third piece that you were describing, yeah. as well. I had a question about what you think the role of the human is in sort of the entire system here. So well, let, let's start with the advice layer first. Like, so that third piece, like, is, is that about actual decision-making? Is it about automation? Can you t- I guess describe a little bit more what that third piece is that you were describing. I, I'll use a couple of examples, and I'll start with the consumer side of our of our business. But we still see um, when somebody has a critical decision to make in their financial life, and it's one they're not comfortable with or they're not quite sure, and it's really important. So that could be around retirement. Um, that could also be around buy my first home, as I mentioned, that I often do want to be able to go to a person and ask questions and get that one-on-one advice. Now, in order to do that, you know, one thing we've invested in is, is something called a checkup in our branches. And our latest version of that actually can start digitally. So I can find out that you have that need, ask a few simple questions, pull in some of the data that we know about you and, and using analytics to have a robust discussion and equip that banker. But at the end of the day, the customer feels most comfortable having that personal interaction. And so then when we think about advice, we can have a really good, smart interaction and help that person to buy their first home, not just get a mortgage, but really how do I think about everything I need around buying that home and do that through seamlessly using our different channels within the bank. So it sounds like, um, the person in that in that ecosystem that you're describing, the citizens ecosystem specifically, um, is is a channel, is another channel alongside some of the other digital channels. Um, how, how I guess how how do you describe that person's role? Is that is that a banker? Is that somebody who's um, an educator? Like, can you describe I guess the evolving role of 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 that? I guess where the advice meets the pavement. Yeah, it's a great question. So we are testing and learning on that as we speak. So we had actually kicked off a stream of work that we're calling our distribution customer interaction model. And that work is all about thinking through the colleagues role in that journey. And so how do we equip them 
to be able to have the deep conversations when they need to and to bring in um, expertise when appropriate, and that might be remote or in person. And so we are rethinking that traditional role of the banker, mm-hmm. though still calling them a banker in our in our lingo at this time, but making sure that they are equipped with the tools and the training to be able to have those con- conversations with our customers as that becomes more important over time. And, and I think that's so critical because in, in a COVID world, in a post-COVID world where you've seen branch transaction volume go down, and, and we think sustainably about 20%, and that you know other channel interaction going up, you're going to have to change the way that banker operates in in our brick and mortar branches. That makes a ton of sense. And what's your thinking about? Um, it, it sounds in the model that you described that the the customer saying, "Hey, you know, I have some questions that need to be answered, and I, I want it done, you know, through through a human interface." Um, what do you what are your thoughts about like proactivity? Like, what if that was done? Um, what if that banker made the first touch? Are you thinking about the banker making the first touch, or is it always the consumer who's going to reach out first? No, we're thinking about both. So we are doing a couple of things um, around our reach out. So we we have used our analytics engine to be the foundation of our knowledge about our customers. And we can equip our bankers. So we have links into some of our CRM systems for our bankers to be able to reach out to customers when it seems like they're going to be needing that deep conversation. For example, my daughter is off to college for the first time this year. So it would be the perfect time to talk to me about how to finance that education, particularly in light of COVID. So it's pretty um, unnerving having a college freshman for the first time this year. So Mm -hmm. able to use some of that data to, you know, say to our bankers, this might be a good time to reach out, or that could be a wealth advisor or a business advisor. So using that underpinnings, we also have that linked into our mobile channel. So I can surface some of those, um, some really smart content around that in some of our digital channels and then give our customers an ability to schedule uh, with us as well. So that allows us to have multiple ways to have touch points with those customers to be able to have those deep interactions. Got it. Um, now you talked about your, your, your daughter who's on the younger side of the demographics. And obviously I know, you know, you guys service everybody. So, did the survey responses differ amongst um, different demographic groups, either wealth or age? Like, do they want different things? I guess I'm asking it differently. I think underpinning all the different wealth segments and the different age groups, we saw this same you know, need to transition more to the digital channels, more comfort with remote, some of the major themes. However, there were a couple of nuances that I think were really important, and one of which was the most surprising to me. Um, so let's talk age for a second first. On the data and analytics side, interestingly, I had gone in with the assumption and the hypothesis that the younger you were, the more comfortable you were going to be sharing um, your data and analytics insights with us. And that actually did not prove to be the case. So my daughter's age group, that 18 to 24, was actually the least comfortable sharing personal information versus those who are 25 to 34. It actually jumped from about 42% in 18 to 24 to almost 60% in 25 to 34 and over 60% in the 35 to 44 segment, and then it kind of leveled out at that 60% level. And so what was interesting to me um, was that that age 
hypothesis didn't hold true. And so, of course, in, in a non-statistically significant way, I did pull some of my daughter's friends. And what I believe it to be is that, you know, they don't know the benefit yet. They, they actually don't know what they can get from a bank to help with their financial futures because they haven't thought about it. Um, but the more people are comfortable with getting quality insight that helps their, you know, helps their life, the more comfortable they are in a safe, secure, you know, smart way sharing some of that data to have really good um, advice given to them. That that makes a lot of sense, and I think in a lot of the our discussion today and 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 the survey findings that we've 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 reviewed so far, we we've spoken about your customers primarily as consumers. I know you obviously have have businesses that are also your customers. Can you share with us, I guess, some of what they're telling you and what you're hearing from them? Yes. You know, commercial customers and clients actually were stronger in the belief that the way they've changed their banking is likely to be permanent. So 73% of our commercial clients said that they've changed the way they bank. It's become more digital and more remote, and they expect these changes to persist. Uh, long beyond COVID-19. So that to me was really interesting. The other key thing we heard from our business clients was that 90% of them cited that the bank's ability to support their businesses through its life cycle and, and through this tough time was going to be critical to their choice of a banking partner going forward. And so I think businesses are being as much, if not more, impacted right now by the changing dynamic in the marketplace than even our consumer customers. And so they were very, very interested in, as we said, analytic and uh, tools that could help them manage their cash flow better. They were very interested in some of those easy-to-use digital solutions to manage the day-to-day needs of their cash management businesses. And, and so, and then also we're more open to remote advice from the people they talk to every day versus in person out of necessity. So quite a bit of, of change on the commercial side as well as the consumer side of our business. Got it. And, you know, just, I guess, bringing everything together, um, you surveyed, you know, over 10,000 customers and 250 business leaders as part of this survey. Um, I'm curious to know, and you've alluded to this in your answers, but uh, like what, what citizens and what your team is doing with, with this information, the results that you got from the survey? Yeah, we're absolutely using the results of the survey to further enhance some of the areas of where we're making investment. What we were proud about and, and glad about in the survey is that we had already started down the path and many of the areas I think were critical for investment coming out of the survey. So investments in digital, investments in our capability. We've talked a lot about to be seamless across channels. So we had made some good investments in the foundation of our analytics engine to be able to serve those different channels, for example. But I think coming out of this survey, it will just provide even more fuel for making sure that we're investing to do the things we need to in our digital channels. And, and so, for example, we're investing in a service center to make sure those things that customers want to do quick and easy through their mobile device we can. We're continuing to expand our ability to offer insight, as we talked about before, and then really making sure we're smartly linking on the advice layer across channels so you can start in one and end in another. So I think it's helped to refine a lot of the paths we were on um, and, and provided some, uh, you know, sort of analytic rigor to some of the investments we want to make. Got it. Beth Johnson, Chief Experience Officer at Citizens Bank, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Beth.